welcome to Unglamorous Truths with the Downtown Girls. I'm Chandra. I'm Crystal. I'm Mebs. And today I'm going to start off asking a question. Uh, what would you name your autobiography and why? At this point, you're very famous. Everybody wants to know about you. What are you going to tell them? I will start. Okay. <laughs> so I would name my autobiography, My Life with Cheese, um, because first off, I love cheese. I mean, everybody knows that I just fucking love cheese. But also, my relationship with cheese, I think, is so indicative of my life period. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I just, I continue to go after things that are not good to me. I'm extremely lactose intolerant. Okay, I have I have gallbladder <laughs> disease. I have no business eating cheese. But got God beat with damn cheese. it, dude, I love it. I love it. Why is everything that's supposed to be bad make me feel so good? I love mm. it. So that is, it's my life mm -hmm. with cheese. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You can buy it. You can buy it soon. In five years. <laughs> Writing now. Um, okay. Well, I have, hmm, this could be many things, but I'll just start with where I'm feeling right now. Who knows if it covers my whole lifespan, but I would say uh, the title would be I'm unsubscribing um, as a mantra, meaning I'm unsubscribing from your email list. I'm unsubscribing from your bullshit. I'm unsubscribing from that crazy ass narcissistic ass parent. I'm unsubscribing from my own worry, my own doubt. I feel like my life has been a process of decluttering a lot of shit. And I grew up with a lot in the home that I had that was not healthy for me. And so I have a very unique POV where at all times, I'm always thinking, what is the optimal space for me to, to truly be my, my highest version of myself mm. in a healthy way? Um, you know, it's something I don't take for granted. And, and so I'm always thinking, where can we Marie Kondo this bitch and Ooh. let something go? Okay, yes. every day, what am I releasing that is not mine to have? Because yes. I was given a lot, and a lot of that shit is not mine. I give your behavior back to you. So... That is that is my title. I love Shook that. It. I like that. Yes. Oh my god! See, I wish I had some time to really think about this. But like, <laughs> I actually had a title. I'm just gonna go with what I had like years ago when I thought about like if I wrote a book, what would I title it? And it was um, African American and the In Between. Oh, mm. sounds like a NYU class. It does. <laughs> That sounds yeah, like my Africana so studies minor. Yeah, because I and I definitely the in between is is truly where I live. I I spent the majority of my life vacillating between the two spaces, thinking that I had to choose one or the other. Until I got to the place, I was like, I'm both though. Like, I am both, and my identity, my brand, <laughs> <laughs> lives in both. Yes. Yeah, yes. and that's why I started with this question today, right? Because, you know, the title of your autobiography, that's how you want people to see you. That's how you want people to relate to you. That's how you engage with people. And that is your brand. Mm -hmm. And so today we are going to be talking about branding. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I feel like, you know, when we graduated, it was the height of the recession. We graduated college in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, everyone graduated to no jobs. It was the beginning of the gig economy. Um, Instagram kind of around that time just started to creep up and become what it is today. Yeah. And the conversation about branding was everywhere. Like everyone was talking about my brand, my brand, my brand. My brand. And I feel like, you know, for me, it was really a tricky, it's been a tricky 
development. I mean, it started bad. You know, I remember when um, we all had the same manager at a point um, who we'll just refer to as Agent Orange because she's very litigious. Um, and I was, you know, going out for this audition and I really felt like it wasn't right for me. And I said to her, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to go because I just don't think it suits my brand. And this woman <laughs> looked me dead in my face and said, what brand? <laughs> and it, it broke my poor heart. I said, ma'am, good God damn, what brand? But like, honestly, what brand? Like, But why is branding even important? I think it's an identifier. Um, the crazy part about being in entertainment is that like we are essentially products the same way that like a Coca-Cola is a product or a Nike is a product. And you, when you hear those, when you hear those brands, you know exactly what the identity is. Coke is not Nike. Nike's not Coke. Or even Adidas and uh, Nike. They both are apparel wear mm -hmm. and shoe wear, but very different brands. So as a consumer, if you have that kind of understanding of those two products, you need to have that same kind of understanding of two different artists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's some real shit. I feel like um, a brand, hopefully, I would say at its highest level is like, coming from within of the artist, like an artistic brand, it's like yeah. what your vibe is, meets alignment with how do people find you, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like you have to know enough. It's like, it's the strangest thing as an artist to be like, okay, I feel and I create from the inside out, but I do need to at some point look at the outside in. How do people get to me? You know, mm -hmm. and 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 I can't just say, oh well, you you know, and it's like, well, no, they don't know. They well, don't yeah, know because who it's you are. two part. Yeah. It's like how yeah. you see yourself, and then how other people see yourself. Right. Yes, yes. I heard this thing um, <laughs> that I really love that made me feel think kind of differently about branding. It was like branding is essentially what people say about you when you're not in the room. Ooh. Right. Right, and then I started. To but really, you're not in the room, so how the hell? So you don't know, but that was still your brand. I mean, your brand precedes you, right? Yeah, and it, and it hangs out in a room after you leave. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has a personal brand, like like those gags of which friend is which friend on a trip. Are you mm -hmm. the drunk friend? That's your brand, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know. Um, the mom friends, right? Whatever. Right. Which which friend are you? But like, I guess sometimes I struggle with why actors need a brand, and is it counterintuitive? Like, does that limit what your capabilities are? You know, like if your brand is okay, you you you're a mom, you play moms, but like that's not how you feel inside. Like, what what do you do when your brand does not feel mm -hmm. the way other people seeing does not feel aligned with how you're seeing yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and have you experienced that? Because you're a person at the end of the day, you're multifaceted. You're not a shoe. You're not a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you pushing, pushing you're a, product. You're a person, and like. You are a mom. You're also a woman. You're you're black. You're there's so many different yeah. levels to your identity, and then a brand is like, well, do I have to kind of dumb it down to one thing, mm -hmm. or how? And then, mm -hmm. or how can I be all encompassing? Yeah, right. Is that confusing? I do think actors need a brand because I think everybody needs a brand now, and um, I think. Nobody wants to do artist development anymore, right? Like, those days are gone. You know, agents and managers and A&Rs, whatever. Like, no one's building you. Everyone's expecting you to walk in already a built-in, settled brand, packaged up, ready to be sold. And I think that also exists for us, you know, as well. Um, if you want to get any opportunities outside of acting. But even if you just want to work as an actor, like, people want people who can 
bring in marketing? You know, like, mm -hmm. are people tuning in to see you because they identify with your brand? Mm -hmm. So, yes, I do think we are past the just artist for artist's sake. Like, I don't think you could do that anymore. I, I think you have to engage. Most most of us do. Because the other thing is, like, there's brands as an actor and then there's also brands as a writer. And ah. it's like, you know, and they're different. Mm -hmm. Like, as multi-hyphenates, we have different voices, right? Like, I know for myself, like, as an actor, I lend myself to, like, physical comedy, goofy, like, just, like, that's where I like to play, right? But in terms of writing, I have a very different voice. Like, I tend to... I have sat with this because I have to teach it. So <laughs> I've like already thought about this, but like, um, cause I asked my students, but like my voice as a writer is I am obsessed with like dysfunctional family dynamics, like dysfunctional parents, dysfunctional siblings, mm -hmm. um, and like seeing <laughs> things fall apart there. And I also love the idea of a female on the verge of a mental break, not mental breakdown, but just a <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Whoa, <laughs> not mental, but just mm -hmm. anything. I think those are two things that are very fun for me to watch, mm -hmm. and I also relate to, so I can write. And and that's very different than acting. Like I'm not going to say I want to go out for those parts necessarily all the time. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So our brand, point of view, and type, mm. all the same thing. That's a great question. A great I'm like question. in my head, I'm working out. Like maybe brand then is like more for the performer and then POV is the writer because POV mm -hmm. is the main um is what you lead with as a writer like mm -hmm. what's their POV what's their POV mhm mm mhm mm and then there's type like what kind of stories do you tell right right and that even that question as a writer was always difficult i just fucking tell stories like why do i have to tell mm -hmm. one singular type of story like you're trying to put me i felt like you're trying to put me in a box mm -hmm. yes and i i remember when we had a discussion um with one of our lit agents and he told us he was like well like friend like friendship no he said new york is your brand mm -hmm. new york <laughs> is your brand and I'm sitting here looking at this man. I'm like, well, I haven't lived in New York in like six, seven years. So how the fuck is that my brand? Right. And like, who are you to be telling me what my brand is? Right. You no. know? Right. A and location can't be a brand unless you lived there your whole life and that's what you're thinking. I mean, but can it but, though? Because I, I do yeah. feel like Scorsese, yeah. like um, Spike Lee, like right. New York that's is right. their brand. Their brand. Yeah. You know? But I don't know if that was for us. And I think just yeah. kind of even in that moment. I was so resistant to this person telling me who I was. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of, once again, with Agent Orn. Um, <laughs> when when she uh, asked me, you know, because I was dating my now husband at the time. And she was like, well, um, you guys are getting serious. Like, you know, maybe if you get married, like, what is, you know, we were just talking about him. And I mentioned that his father was from Panama. And she was like, oh, oh, what's his last name? Um, because I think, you know, if you had a, a, Latin, a Latin, I'm sure she said Hispanic at the time, but you know, a Latinx last name. Yes, last name. It would further your career. You are a black woman. It like, would. <laughs> I'm confused. But but her point was who would know? Who would know? You know and, what I'm saying? And, and also. If your name was Chandra Cortez, who would know? Right. You know, right. Chandra Santiago, who would know? But also <laughs> as a white woman, why are you telling anyone that? I mean, no one should really be telling anyone that. I think it's very problematic. But, like, are you yeah. pretty much saying hide in plain sight with a different last name? That's really wild to me. 100%. Or, I mean, I had an agent tell me to change my name yeah. entirely. She's like, Amebe Bayane is just too difficult and it, it doesn't roll off the tongue. She's like, why don't we go by Emmy Bay? And I was like, who the fuck <laughs> is that, babe? <laughs> Emmy Bay? She's like, yeah, that's catchy. It does like, sound like a singer. Emmy Bay. <laughs> 
I mean, damn. I mean, you've gotten, I you've was gotten just a lot of names. I've gotten so much. Just like, and at the time, I had like colored hair, and another agent was like, "Well, black girls don't have colored hair, so you're either gonna have to go back to black if you want to do period pieces." And I'm like, "What fucking period pieces am I gonna do, bro? Like, right. <laughs> what? What has come right. out so far that you could see me in? Like, I can't do a slave story. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And also, why the fuck don't black people have colored hair? Where are you coming from with this information?" <laughs> I am livid, actually, at that man <laughs> and that woman who told me to change my name to Emmy Bay. And I'm just like, you know what? That's something I have a firm stance of. My- no, my name is Amebit Bayene. This is the name that I'm going to go by. And, it- and Mebs, because that's that's also my name. Like, that's just my nickname. But, like, anything other than that, miss me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sometimes the thing that's scares me just with the word branding. I think I have an aversion to the word less than the concept mm. because I have all these attachments to things where people have said things Triggers. That, tr- right, trigger me. Uh. And so like, wh- what do you do when it feels like what your brand is is not aligned right. who yeah. you are? Or do you ever feel like you have to sacrifice parts of yourself? Right. You know what? And I think there's, there's also a possibility that we have attached so much of ourselves to this idea of a brand and made it too personal. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because I remember um, like one time hanging out with the Lucas brothers and just having a like casual conversation about like career stuff. And um, Keith was talking about, he's like, well, you know, like the twin thing, that's just our, our shtick. And in my head, I'm like, a shtick? Like, but like, I'm here to tell like artistic stories. And then I'm like, oh, but like, he is fucking brilliant. Like he sees it. He's, it's not personal to him. It's business. It's business. And he knows this is what is paying us and we're going to milk it. Yeah. And then we're going to get to tell our stories mm-hmm. through this mm-hmm. vehicle mm-hmm. that we've created for ourselves. It's like hard though because our work is so personal and I feel like people get attached to the version of yourself you present. And then when you show up as your real self, then you're like throwing people off or... I feel like... I don't know. Brand as a word doesn't bother me, mm-hmm. but type does. Oh, okay. And because brand to me, I feel like I have the inner vision to be able to relate to people who what who what I represent and what my brand is. That feels like very much guided by me. But for some reason, in my head type feels like something someone puts on me, which is like, for example, I guess we all have our horror stories, but like um, there was someone that. Um, Oh, I took like a class at um, one-on-one back in New York back in the day. And um, it was like an acting class with a big casting director at the time. And she gave me these sides and it was for basketball wives. And I was like the pilot, right? There was a pilot. Wait, the reality show? No, there was literally a show. Oh, I remember this. I remember this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And like I had to learn these parts about this basketball wife that was very, to me, very surface, very vapid. And yeah, and mind you, it wasn't like a net, it wasn't a streamer where it was good they had like substance behind the part. It was if to me it felt very on the surface. Like I'm a basketball wife clicky clack in my heels, right? And I was like, <laughs> if anyone that knows me, that is the opposite of who I am. And so I voiced something to her. I was like, hey, I want to learn the best that I can in this class. This was a few days of a workshop. It wasn't just an hour, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I would prefer a part that I actually feel like could be more meaty, more challenging, more that represents me. And she was like, well, this is your type. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, pretty girl. You, You can be the athletic wife. And I was just like, I was so 
horror struck. Like I was just like, are you serious right now? Because like, you were attaching it. Wow. Yes. To your identity. And I was it wasn't. Like, like who you are on the inside and what they yes. see you on the outside are two different things. It really yeah. is. And it's like, what is selling? Like if they if you were on the screen on mute, like what would someone at home think, think. of you? And then she'd be like, oh, tall, yeah. in shape, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Basketball wife. And it's just so crazy. It's like, no, I read books. And you're like, Who's, but who says that basketball wives don't read books? Right. <laughs> yeah, is. she shamed me. She was like, you need to always find a way into the part, and it's your job to figure it out. And it's like, yes, obviously, in the craft of acting, you should always do that. But this is also a business class. I paid you good money to figure out what my type and my brand is. And I'm right. telling mm-hmm. you, this is not it. And in situations like that, I'm always concerned that I'm cheating myself, but that I'm going to go so far down the wrong path trying to satisfy this part when I know on the inside that's not me Mm -hmm. and that it's limiting and that's not really what I can can play, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And sometimes, I I don't know, it it does just feel like I remember my teacher telling me that because of my voice, you know, because I'm in the deep voice game, that I was not going to be able to work until I was in my 30s because I needed, my face needed to catch up with my voice. Mm. So my type was always going to be misaligned and nobody was ever going to really be able to understand me. And ultimately, I don't know if it was the voice, but I mean, she was right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I did not work in my 20s. But at the time when she said that, I was really fucked up over this. I was like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Like, yeah. why is this packaging so important? You know, like, shouldn't my talent be the one speaking? before you know but it was like we were talking about the other day all they look at first is a picture of Mm -hmm. you yeah Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important I think as especially as an actor to have your version of a calling card like you know so they can also feel you and not just see you like they understand your personality if it's comedy what your type of comedy is like that's why when we created Downtown Girls the series I feel like it took us leaps and bounds because if the same audiences and the same people in, in those rooms had just seen our headshots. Yeah. They would have made some whack-ass show for us. We would have been the, the basketball girl <laughs> or something, you know? Not the basketball girl. Well, I'm still mad Do they the play or wife? do they right. say that title was misleading? <laughs> well, yeah. I think a, a, a large part of what is difficult about finding your brand is attributed to not necessarily knowing who you are fully. That part. And that I, part. for me... Like, it took a long time for me to understand just me, mm. who just who I was. And I was just in just, like, identity crisis battle. It's like, you know, being first gen of, like, I'm, I'm not Ethiopian enough. I'm not American enough. And I'm, like, feeling ostracized in all the spaces that I'm in. And a lot of it was self-inflicted, like, finding ways that I did not relate versus leaning into the ways in which I did. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's just you know my own shit mm-hmm. that I had to work out. Yeah. But if if I if I go into spaces always feeling like I don't fit in here, I don't feel seen here. How can I properly develop a brand? What fucking bitch? Fuck a brand. What's my identity? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's real. Yeah, that's kind of profound. I'm like having a moment. I'm like. Maybe that's why I'm so averse to like anytime I get like sexy girl type parts, you know, because Mevin and I were just talking the other day and I was like, the, I keep getting these auditions where it's like heavy sex in it. And I'm like, guys, I don't want to be just, you know, fucking, you know, mm-hmm. on these things. I mean, unless it's, you know, I'm going to win an Oscar or I'm going to get like Halle Berry money, mm-hmm. you know, Sorfis money to show her tits. But I think because I just so don't see myself mm-hmm. in, at all like hot girl type 
energy, mm-hmm. you know? I just see myself so much more as like a weirdling thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, this creature. But yeah, maybe that's why I'm so like, because when I see you, I'm just like, why are you sending me this? Learning discernment, like, and that it's okay to be like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just got sent out an audition recently for something um, that had nudity in it. And I was like, I looked at the director, I looked at the creator, and I was like, y'all, I am not going to be naked on screen for this man. Like, the man behind this project? Were you? Do you I know what I'm talking about? I think we had the same thing. Okay, carry on. I said we, no. Also, you know, the <laughs> fact that you and I, I feel like get so many of the same things. Right. And I feel like type-wise and energy-wise, we are vastly different. Right. Like, I feel like we don't even lead with the same things comedically. Like, exactly. we, don't, we don't utilize the same parts of our body. Nope. The thing that we most have in common is, is the we're, physical type. We're light-skinned with, you know, well, I have big eyes. I don't know. Your eyes are kind of big, too. I got big eyes. So, yeah. right. So, I'm like... <laughs> Also, are we making determinations based on that, you know? Right. That's what right. I'm saying. And that's why I feel like there's a difference between, for me, type is how other people are just like your physical type is like, let me label you. It's this quick, 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 right? As opposed to like what you can bring to a role, mm-hmm. what your energy is. So you see brand as empowering. Yes. And oh, okay. Interesting. And type is okay. external for me. It's like a label. I like that. Yeah. I like, yes. You know what? Yes. Yes, because branding, I guess you do have some control, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can like, have the shit. On social media, you can control how people mm-hmm. see you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You determine mm-hmm. what. You set the tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. you set the tone. And do you guys feel like you're at the point where you are doing that? Like, are you branding yourselves actively? I don't know. I mean, I, I took a pretty much a year hiatus yeah. from Instagram um, as I, I guess I was going inward and figuring out who I was, not necessarily for Instagram, just for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I do make like a consistent return, it will certainly be more authentic to who I am. Not saying that it wasn't in the past. I think that, I think my Instagram really does reflect me, uh, lo- lots of me, not, not all of me though. Mm-hmm. Definitely not all of me. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think it's a level of vulnerability that I'm not sure that platform is kind of a safe space. Mm. Like I, Instagram is just not really a safe. TikTok is so fun. I, I don't participate. Yeah. But I love TikTok because people are so real on that platform. <laughs> like I'm like, y'all really sitting here? Like this is, you really woke up like this for real. Like this is not, this is not a show. This is not for play. And it doesn't matter. Like just normalizing normal shit. And Instagram normalizes psychotic shit. Like what? Just, People that are on vacation every fucking day. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that is not real life. That yeah. is not real life. Yeah. yeah. And you get it in your head that like, oh, well, this is this is normal now. This is the bar of normal. So me working is abnormal. And I'm like, no, like, absolutely not. These are brand trips that they're taking. They're getting paid to be here. Right. Like, don't get it fucked up and thinking that they are living a normal life. Right. And you're not. Right. Yeah. Right. And- and that sometimes is exhausting, you know, because at this point, I mean, Instagram is a is a major place to brand. And yeah. I mean, I think I read a statistic that the average employee has five times as many followers as the company they work for, right? Mm. So the people really have the power. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why these people are getting are getting paid this. But like, people don't know that that's like not real, and so everything is so focused on the result. 
on Instagram and, and just social media period. Well, I'm not on TikTok like you, so I don't want to speak yeah. ill of your favorite um, right. place. But, you know, on Instagram, like, yeah, everything is so result-focused. And the result is always we're showing the best face, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always the best version of the product. There's never a just, like, I'm fucked up right now. I'm Shit is not going good. Yeah. You know, which I think well, I a did. brand in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, last year, I think I had a moment where I was, like, very honest. And I was just like, um, y'all, it's real out here. I'm struggling. <laughs> Money sucks right now. It was hard. This is how I'm feeling. And it was funny because in my gut, I just had the moment to say that. And I remember my boyfriend was like, are you sure you want to post that? And I was like, Yes. This is how I feel. Like, yeah. and I don't give a fuck. Like, it what is it gonna do? He actually brought up my brand. He said, What about your brand? I was like, I was like, I don't my brand right now is feeling. That's what that's what my brand is, is this is how I, the fuck I feel. And you know what? I'm so glad I did that because honestly, it led to so many things. Like people reach out to me, they were they were re- relating to it. They were mm. like, "Thank you for saying this because that's how I'm feeling right now." I actually started a conversation with a friend because of that post that led to the sample pilot script that I wrote. Mm. Because I was open and vulnerable, she was like, "Oh my god, can we talk about this?" We talked for an hour and then I came up with my sample for yeah. Mom and I. And I because I was like, "Wow, this is like not just me. This is like a collective conscious feeling right now. Everyone is feeling like like a dragged through the mud, tired piece well, of everyone shit. Everyone is looking for connection. Right. That's ultimately what we're here looking for. Yeah. It's it's what life is about. And that's what we're using these platforms to attain. And it, it can become difficult when you feel like, oh, I don't relate to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then still trying to find the balance because I'm not here saying that like, now we need social media to just be all trauma porn. Right. Because, like, no one wants to, I don't want to open my app and see people crying every day. No. But, like, what is the, the happy medium of, like, be real. Human. Right. Right. And so, maybe you were saying that you, you know, feel like Instagram is not, like, a safe space. So, how can you have, like, a vulnerability be, like, a part of your brain? Because that's a part of who mm-hmm. you are as a human, right? Especially as artists, like... Vulnerability is kind of our strength Mm -hmm. in a sense, you know, like Mm -hmm. being raw, being like a raw nerve is kind of the thing that makes us pop, you know, that we can feel things at a a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do you protect yourself? Like, but also be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I know a thing is like, I won't, I won't show pictures, really, really show pictures of my kids Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Like I'm very, and I've spent a lot of time going back and forth about that. Um, First off, because... When they put Blue Ivy out, the way people was talking crazy mm-hmm. about a baby was infuriating to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I'm not the one or really the two. Really going to pull up to your house. I'm not the one or the two. <laughs> and see you about what you, you know, said about like, my kids. Like, I'm not yes. gonna, you ain't going to talk about my beautiful children like that. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm always worried that like people, once you give people access to such intimate things in mm-hmm. your life, then they feel entitled to, to it. To more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like crazy you know like even with the whole thing with you know rihanna her baby mm-hmm. like oh when, when we getting them pictures when we getting them pictures sis you know like mm-hmm. but she don't have to show this is her baby right and then, then she gives you the pictures and then y'all mad because she calls her baby it. fine and right. it's like her baby is fine, her baby fine. Like, let her baby be fine let that, boy, yeah, let that boy be fine you know so it's always tricky for me it, it almost it feels like too mm. too much but I want to, but I want to do some things. I feel you. I feel the same way. It's like I do. I want to share me. 
but in the most healthy and safe way possible. Because mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. Like even yes. with the people mm-hmm. that I love, mm-hmm. like. There are things that you guys learn about me 10 years in. Girl, ain't that the truth? Like, like come on. I done live with uh, this bitch. Yes. Okay. I done both peed of while y'all. she was showering. No, oh, that's true. We're both Scorpio. Yeah, no, yeah, Scorpio guys. The most private. It's just like, no, I'm, you're private. Damn, both private. private. <laughs> I keep things to the chest. I yes. think I'll die with. Like, it's just, just who I am. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. not any shade to anybody. So it's like, if it takes this long for my intimate relationship, how the fuck I'm going to give a sh- user 305 on Instagram <laughs> anything yeah. of value? But it's like, but it's not for you. It's really not. A, I realize it's not about you. It's about me. Right. It's a, it's a me season. Ooh. Okay. It really <laughs> is. And like, it's like, and I'm less concerned about other people's criticism. Like, that's really not. Mm-hmm. The fear. It's not about what people will say. It's just like, I'm. it's about me putting something out. Now it just lives here. It's yeah. information that just lives on the internet. Right. Because there's that too. It's also like, all right, I don't mind being vulnerable occasionally. Because also, yes, it's exhausting. Like I, I started a, um, a business this last year, like teaching people how to pitch TV. And like, that's a brand too. And I've had to figure out what do I want the content to be. And for me to post so consistently for something, which is also exhausting. Like, it's like, I can't share. My brand can't be vulnerability here because I can't. Every single day, wake up and be like, this is me, this is me, this is me. I don't have the energy for that level of content that needs to be shared to create a business brand. Like, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of energy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find my rhythm with it. I'm realizing that a lot of people, when you get into a business lane, they just want something that adds value to their lives. So whether that's, like, helpful information or, like, I started doing my little Jeopardy quizzes because it was, like, guess about, like, the industry, things that you didn't know. That. I think people love, people also enjoy motivation. Mm -hmm. But in terms of me waking up on that platform and being like, this is what happened to me. And like, and also this is what I'm going through today. It's like, I don't have it. I don't have it for you there. I might have it in my art. We might have it here. But like, I think there are different, it's okay to choose boundaries around what, in what places do you share? Yeah. Mm, I think that is a really important point to make the, what is my value add? Right. Like what, me sharing this, is it self-indulgent or is it actually going to add value to someone's life, someone's experience? Yeah. And the like, last thing I want to do is just be self-indulgent mm-hmm. with yeah. my like deepest like feelings mm-hmm. and stories. No. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think I went through that. Like um, when, you know, we got the Southside cancellation news Mm-mm. And um, when I was figuring out, first of all, am I going to post anything? Am I going to say yeah. anything, right? Because plenty of people, you know, shows just go away and, you know, just not everybody has to write about it, right? Not everybody talks about it. Am I just going to wait for the creators to say something? Like, am I, you know, just going to wait for an, an article to come out? Because I knew a little bit before, you know, that it came out in the trades. Um, and ultimately, I decided to wait until it came out in the trades first. Um, to say something because I just I didn't want to be the person to you know break that mm-hmm. I just I didn't want this felt like pressure and I probably like wrote in my head what I was going to say mm-hmm. 50 times mm-hmm. you know because I was so far I don't want it to be self-indulgent you know but but I wanted to honor our fans mm-hmm. who have been on this journey with us I wanted to have like a proper goodbye 
you know, and I also I also wanted to get a little bit of shit off, you know, because I was sad. I was heartbroken, you know, like I think I think I really did experience like heartbreak maybe for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, this hurts. This hurts so bad. And um, and it was I think probably that maybe one of the most vulnerable things that I've ever posted. And I will say that I was like so touched mm-hmm. by like the energy back from people um, and just so it's weird you know as much as private as I am it's like you know much as I don't I don't like doing that you know what I'm saying I don't like people but when I did it and like as soon as I did it I felt better too like I felt like I wasn't holding Mm -hmm. a a shame Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. oh I I got Mm -hmm. canceled Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um I felt like I was unburdening myself yeah. and like and you did it so beautifully. Thank you. I have to say that you did it so beautifully and you did it in the Chandra way, which <laughs> is your brand. You did it mm-hmm. with humor. Mm-hmm. You did it with levity, but it still had weight. Thank you. Thank you. You're ending it with your wigs. I was like, I know mm-hmm. that's the fuck right, Chandra. Mm-hmm. We we I have know to. that's right. We have to. We have to, you know, we we had to lift it on up because I, I definitely sat with that. And, and I was like, more about me. What do I want to give to the people today? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how can I be mm-hmm. of service today? I think it set <laughs> off a whole new conversation about the wig parade. You know, I think I think it's it's something that you'll always be remembered for in that role. Mm-hmm. And, and, and celebrated yes, for. Yes, celebrated, you know. And also, yes, yeah, just black hair and women's black hair all over your television screen, like HBO Max, Comedy Central, and you did that. That came from your brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure no one wrote that for you. That was no, your that decision. Was that was me. I you know what that, I'm saying? I want that hair. That's some genius shit. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's funny because the hair became such a narrative in the show and even in yeah. your episode, you know, you're in season one. So it's like, you did that. You came to slay and you did. Like, yeah. you know? So... I want to chat a little bit on a personal level here. What is your brand? So I'm going to say for me, I would love my brand to be silly. Um, or one of Amebit's words is one of my, come become one of my favorite words is unserious. <laughs> uh, you know, I, like to, <laughs> so I like to be known as an unserious person. Um I would like vulnerability as private as I am, some vulnerability to be part of my brand. Um, And also, I know this sounds crazy, but a little bit of cynicism, you Mm. know, a little bit of curmudgeon energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think those are all parts of who I am. Mm. And like, uh, I told him, like, I'm trying to do something new this year, right? Mm. Like, I'm really trying to do everything different. If they, if I've been doing it one way for so long and it has not been working, this year I'm going to do it differently, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of my branding, I want to align very much with myself, you know, and the parts that I'm comfortable sharing so that it's always aligned and it can never fuck up because I'm always going to be me, right? right. I, if, I, if I lead with that, then I never have an issue of, that's so off-brand. How can mm-hmm. the fuck can it be off-brand? It's, it's me. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the three things. Mm-hmm. Unserious, a little bit vulnerable, mm-hmm. and a little bit curmudgeon energy. Mm. A little Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. 
the first thing that came to me was spicy. I'm oh, a spicy bitch. You yeah. are. I really am. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of bite. I this a, just a lot there. Um, first gen, mm-hmm. for sure. It's it's truly a part of everything that I do, mm-hmm. and it's a lens in which I do view and experience the world, especially this country. Um, if there was a third. A cheerleader for people. Like I really, I love to love, mm, especially my friends. And I'm a, I'm a hype you to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like I can be your hype man for sure. So yeah, spicy first gen cheerleader. I like that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodling. I would say that mm, this is such a ooh, powerful question. It is. Um. I would definitely say um, goofy um, and it's just something I can't, it's just literally, I can't help it. It's my tone. It's like wh- what I do with like, you know, when I'm in certain spaces um, and yeah, the fun in that, I would say vulnerability as well. Um, a little bit or a lot of it. <laughs> In the work, because you you're pretty open. I'm so. open, yeah, and I'm I would say a lot of it. I actually feel like that is something I want to lead with to give other people permission to continue to be vulnerable because mm-hmm. I can do it pretty naturally. I don't get freaked out about it, so it's just like, thank God, you know. I I uh, thank my mother, Robin, the angel, for that because she was open with me every day of my life and modeled it so beautifully. And she was like, it's powerful to be open. It's powerful to speak. Mm. And she would cry every day. And like I said, she's a cancer. So a lot of it was happy tears. So Love you, mom. That's the difference. I came from a house of, you don't tell nobody nothing. No. Yeah. That's, and that's the difference. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, girl, say your feelings. My mom talks to people on the public bus. Like she, she probably, mom, we both need to stop talking so much. But like, um, To me, I think that's a power. I think it's a gift. So, like, I have no problem being very vulnerable in my brand and my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would say the third thing is connected to that. I really care about people being the underdog and finding triumph in a moment in their life, right? So I don't know how to say that in one word, but I guess it would be, like, that feeling of victorious like victory mm. after, you know, some darkness. Mm. Even though I'm goofy, I've been through a motherfucking lot. So like I really do want to tell stories and be involved in stories that show people kind of like being victorious in in a season in their life after some struggle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That suits you. Yeah. That suits you. You always celebrate the victory and I always appreciate that yes. about you. You know, yeah. that's not a strength of mine. Mm-hmm. And I always love that. Crystal gonna come through and be like, No, we're gonna take we pictures. We did that. <laughs> we did that. And I'm like, did we do that? Yeah. yeah. Did we? We did. I don't know. And I'm over here finding all the ways we did not do that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, we gotta celebrate. <laughs> Perfect. So what is a downtown girl? What is the brand of a downtown girl? That's a scrappy bitch as down downtown girl. Okay. She is it by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. She's gonna get it done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Period. All right. It is the she's the girl in the shootout that's standing up. That's like this is not I'm in a transitional period. 
Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it's not my real life. She she's delusional a little yeah. bit. And all, well, well, also I always say delusional meets such an inner vision of self mm -hmm. that to the outside world is delusional. It's like you might find yourself in spaces that where people looking at you like, bitch, why are you here? It's the like ultimate no, no, no. manifester. I am supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be here until you get it. Okay. And I'm going to keep showing up every day until you get it. Mm -hmm. So yes, mm -hmm. like it's like the, the girl that sees a clear vision for herself before anybody else does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a downtown girl is like a little bit tough. But only because she has to be. Ugh. Only because she has Real to be. Shit. Mm -hmm. A lot of bit vulnerable. Mm -hmm. A downtown girl is a very good friend. Yes. Is an is a strong advocate for her friends. And that is a loyal bitch. A downtown girl. Loyal ting ting ting. I remember one thing we used to say and like when we were pitching the show um about our like where we were at that time in our lives. It was like, I may not have money, but I'm not poor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm rich in a lot of things, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you just sitting here using money as the as as the meter upon which to judge me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now let's transition and talk about bootleg fabulous, which is our little segment where we give fun hacks to you. <laughs> so today I want to know your favorite beauty hacks. Okay, when you're trying to look crude, but you really don't have no <laughs> money, let's think back, think back, go back in time. And so I will start one of my. Well, I really have two. But one of my favorite hacks was, okay, so you know when your skin's getting oily, right? And you need those little blotter things. Um, but those blotter things were like $5. They go very quickly. And I have very oily skin, so I was tired of paying for them. So when you use a public restroom, you know, they have the seat covers. So you just dig into them. You have to dig into the middle because you don't want one that's been exposed to the air and mm -hmm. the germs and the earth. So you go <laughs> to the middle and you pull out one of those uh, seat covers mm -hmm. and they will get the fucking oil up out of your skin. Oh, yes. yes. You just rip them. Take this. So when we were living in Harlem, I used to do that all the time. And I would take them home, put, put that shit in my purse, take it home, cut that shit up so that it was essentially the, you know, oil blotters. Mm -hmm. And just use that. Wow. Yes. And I also love going to Sephora and getting sample perfumes. You know, they can't deny you. They got to give you them little mm. samples. So you can just go to different Sephora's over and over and get as many samples as you need. Absolutely. Never buy a bottle. That is my <laughs> life hack. Sephora, girl, thank you. We thank you. You uh, are doing a public service because um, my favorite thing is to, you know, for those of y'all trapping and starting in the industry, trying to like do glam or do things for events or do things for shows. I swear by a good Sephora one-hour makeup session there instead of, like, necessarily, like, hiring an MUA to come to your house or if you can't do makeup, like, I am not, makeup is not my, uh, as Meb likes to say, my ministry. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't like to do my face, so I'm happily, you know, uh, to give that away. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll book an hour session. It is $60, and they will get you right. And, like, also a lot of those makeup artists are professionals in the business that are hustling. Like, mm -hmm. they actually are just looking for more clients in L.A. and New York. And so, like... Yeah, I actually found someone who I am now working with privately through the Sephora. You know, good for you, girl. Got off the got off the grid, but yeah, I got a lot because I'm. <laughs> I know you. Do. <laughs> I I just gorilla style my makeup. I learned from YouTube. Um, I actually prefer to do my own makeup. I don't like when people do my makeup because 
I feel like they don't know me. Like, you don't know my brand. No. <laughs> no, you don't know my fucking face, bro. Like, they be giving me, they go just like the shape of my eyebrow. I'm like, no, my fucking eyebrow takes vision, all right? You needed a fucking imagination. <laughs> don't just go by what you see, bitch. Right. Um, but early, early days before I discovered uh, setting spray, water. I would mm. flick. And, and this is before I even knew like what a setting spray was. I just knew that for some reason, splashing water on my face made it look better. Mm. And then and then I discovered, oh, there's this thing called setting spray. I'm like, bitch, you thought you invented something? <laughs> but it, there is, that is a testament to like the power of setting spray because it's necessary. Like yeah. when you just finish makeup, it's like, ah, I kind of feel ashy. Or, and then just like sprinkle some fucking agua from the sink, bitch. And it'll be like, ah, yay. Yeah, um, it's a free one. It's a free one. I But I also like remix products. Like I don't care what it says on the the packaging. I care what it looks like on my face. So mm-hmm. I use um, like the setting powder for my contour as eyeshadow. Hmm. I use um, a pink eyeshadow as blush. Like, I, it's really about, how does this look on my face? I don't really care what the label is. I'll just pick things up and I'm like, oh, that actually looks great, right? Okay, then that's going to be my blush from now yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, who says that it's all skin? Like, yeah. if it works on different parts of your face, who cares? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think Meg about to get herself a little YouTube. Okay. okay. Tutorial. I, I said, I was like, if I fucking recorded this, like, it will not be like these YouTube girlies that are, like, all, like, you know, put together. I'd be cursing at myself, <laughs> talking crazy, screaming, yes, bitch, you did that. That's probably what they want. That's a brand. That's your brand. That's your brand. <laughs> Using uh, eyeliner sometimes for the ends because I don't really have many much ends. We start strong, but we don't have much of a finish here. So I'll just use an eye because it's really dark. So I'm like, that is what I need at the end because you kind of have to have like that gradient feel. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is not a makeup. You can talk about eyebrows. I'm sitting like, right. uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. she can talk about eyebrows all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we'll uh, end. One here, you know, keep your eyebrows right. That is our show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and watching us or listening to us. Um, my name is Chandra, and you can find me at Chani. My name is Crystal, and you can find me at underscore Chris Chris. I'm Amebe. You can find me at Amebe Bayane. And you can find us and information about our podcast at Unglamorous Truths. And also, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to yours.